0: Produce, fresh and local. That's what you'll find at Harris Teeter. We're committed to supporting our local farmers and their families. They're our neighbors and our friends. Produce gathered at the peak of freshness and delivered to us. Whether you shop in our stores or order online, you'll find the best local and regional produce for your table, grown not far from where you live. Harris Teeter, your neighborhood food market. Mark Willard Show continues on KNBR 1045 and 680, the sports leader. Wow, that's that's different. That's, that's different tunage. Just gonna take this in for a minute. Hope you're all having a good Wednesday. Scott Reese from KTVU and Stanford Football and Basketball here. Just trying to fill the large and knowledgeable shoes of Mark Willard on a Wednesday night get to Marty Lurie here momentarily do want to give you a quick draft update the Red Sox with the 17th overall pick <laughs> just fade that out slowly uh, they take infielder Nick York out of Archbishop Mitty High School in San Jose how about that this was an unexpected first round pick to be sure career 500 hitter four-year varsity player at arguably the best high school league in the entire country. Uh, But this is a guy who was ranked in the hundreds on a lot of draft boards and he goes to number 17 or to the Red Sox at number 17. So again, this just goes to the uncertainty of this draft more than any other when you're only talking about five rounds and you're talking about a a situation where they didn't have a whole lot of time to scout these kids in the spring, uh, both the high school and college levels. So uh, anyway, nice story and uh, certainly congrats Uh, to Nick York. All right, let's bring in our friend Marty Lurie, your San Francisco Giants pregame host. Uh, Marty, hi, how are you? How have you been (laughs) dealing with a June without Major League Baseball?
1: Well, you know, we're on the air every Saturday, so we do the Marty Marathon. But, uh, you know, this is one of those uh, years that everything that happens in baseball goes the wrong way it just seems that they just can't get out of their own way so uh, the latest proposal is in of 89 games Uh, my prediction I said this about a month ago is that it'll be 72 games it'll start around the middle of July Uh, normally uh, in a regular season you play about 90 up to the all-star break and you got 72 after that that fits in nicely to September 27th and I think that's where they'll be and will the players uh, walk backwards slightly and take less than 100 percent pro rata? Maybe. Uh, and that may be the way to settle it. But uh, Rob Manfred said, look, there's going to be baseball, whether he's got to make it 48 games or 54 games or 62 games. He's got the power to do it. But if he's got to implement it without an agreement, boy, there's a lot of other things that have to be agreed upon, and he's asking for a lot of trouble. They need to settle this thing. Yeah, you think? You yeah, know, they we, do. I mean, they it, need to settle.
0: If you heard the caller in the last segment, you know, make the point, which is fairly obvious at this point, is that they do not appear to care one iota about. The fans in this whole thing it 's supposed to be all about the fans, and in a year where we weren't supposed to have a collective bargaining agreement in 2020 to the best of my knowledge you know it's it's felt like that and then some because it's being done against the backdrop of a, of a pandemic in a time when we need this game and you heard me make the analogy to two thousand one I mean is that a fair analogy that baseball had i would say has and it's becoming had the opportunity to really step in and help you know heal a nation and be a, a, a beacon of good and of hope and of distraction and whatever else during these trying times, and they are just completely dropping the
1: ball. Yeah, if it worked, uh, this is an unusual time because of the pandemic. Nobody knew where it was going, even if they said, OK, let's play baseball. We don't know about the health of the country. We don't know about the health of the players, about what could happen on a second surge and things like that. So even though we'd love to see it under the right circumstances, there's a lot of variables. And I think that's part of what we've had to live through for the last couple of months is that no one really knows where we're going to be. They could make this agreement. the Negotiations can happen and all of a sudden the health issue uh, could be trouble. How are they even going to play these games? Uh, The negotiation should be the easy part. And, of course, we've had the pandemic, we've had the depression of 1929, and, of course, we've had the civil unrest of uh, what is going on now in all the cities of 1968. So it's not quite just baseball coming back uh, to a, to a, a country that's ready to hear it. There's a lot of other variables involved with it. This is not simple, and baseball is making it even harder.
0: Marty, you mentioned the the civil unrest and obviously the effect that that has had on the entire planet and certainly the sports world. Uh, And so many prominent sports figures are speaking out on a daily basis, and it just so happens that Gabe Kapler yesterday released a statement uh, basically saying, you know, I don't have the answers. I'm listening. I'm learning. I'm hearing ideas from others. Uh, But Gabe Kapler has been fairly outspoken during the last couple of weeks on this subject. You know, your thoughts on kind of the job that he is doing as a figurehead for this organization when he has yet to actually manage a game in this organization.
1: Well, of course, uh, we don't know what kind of a manager he'll be. All we have is Philadelphia to go by, which wasn't a rousing success. But he is a leader and we need leadership right now. And he is providing leadership and he's a communicator and we need communication right now. So those are his strong skills. So I think uh, he's done a good job of getting out there and saying the right things. And, you know, I've said this on the show and Raf knows that. uh, And the people who listen, uh, you know, the homicides were were terrible. It's the volcano that goes off. But underneath, it's the day to day police brutality. It's the day to day of racial injustice that goes on. Everybody has got a story. Every person of color has got a story and that's what we've got to work on. It doesn't happen overnight, but that's what's got to be worked upon. And uh, it takes an incident like uh, George Floyd to happen uh, to, to get it before the country again and uh, it's, it's just one of those, one of those times in our country that we've now got to sit up and listen and actually make a difference. And it's not just the the act of Floyd; it's it's what's underneath all of that that causes this to happen, and that's what's got to change. And they have to use the words "police brutality." Baseball can't sidestep this. Uh, Gabe Kapler can't sidestep it. No one can. And that that's the issue right now is the day to day police brutality, and those words have got to be used.
0: No, and obviously these athletes have such a platform, and it's it's been really. Cool to see you know the, the daily outpouring of of guys telling their personal stories because that's exactly what this is. And a lot of us can't relate to it, but those who can and those who have, I mean, it is the personal stories that I think really bring all this to light, and they really hit home.
1: Well, very well said, you you analyzed everything and said it very well at the beginning of the show. I got to listen to it, but I spent twenty five years as a criminal trial defense lawyer. I saw it every single day every day and that's what's got to change so yes the personal stories have to be told and that's the key is that everyone has to sit up you can't close your eyes to this and you've got to do something about it and it looks like people are ready to do something about it and that's that's positive baseball would be nice to be part of this thing Hmm. uh, but then we get caught up in the money and that's the whole deal so Rob Manfred's gonna uh, hopefully as I say make an agreement uh, it'll settle a lot of other issues that could come up, including an expanded postseason and things like that. If he has to impose his will on the number of games that are going to be played, well, then he's got all sorts of trouble and just about every other issue on the table.
0: And, of course, uh, again, with the backdrop of the 2021
1: 20, collective bargaining agreement uh, expiration. Oh, get uh, ready for it's, that. It's Holy just, cow. Yeah, I just a want, mess. Yeah, I don't even want to think about that.
0: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we, we have to, right? That's, that's what they're thinking about. And that's well, we're they, going through it right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So if worst case scenario happens with regard to a season and it winds up being because it appears that there will be a season and and for me, worst case is shorter games, fewer games. Right. So Mm -hmm. let's say we wind up with 48 games, 50 games. Is there a case to be made that a team like the Giants, who was expected to be a 65, 70, 72 win team this season, has an advantage maybe relative to a longer sample size in that? a season that is shorter might be more prone to, say, you know, randomness, flukiness, teams having a hot month and a half, and that can tell you, uh, project you into the playoffs, whereas under a normal circumstance, a month and a half isn't going to do you you know, that, that sort of a favor?
1: Oh, absolutely. Look at Washington last year. At 50 games, they were 19-31. and 31. <laughs> You know, and of course they turned it around and won a world championship. Uh, sure, any team that uh, the Giants are projected to win over the 162, 68, 70, if if you are lucky, you know, in that range. So if you have a season of 54 or 72 games and you get uh, some young players that get hot, you, you are relatively healthy, your pitching staff is healthy, you really use the 50-man taxi squad and you keep bringing people in and back and forth because you know and I know that Farhan is going to do this as well as anyone in the game. So sure, absolutely, I think the Giants have a chance to, to make it interesting. Absolutely.
0: Is there also a case to be made that, with all the strangeness of you know a season that started with spring training under normal circumstances, was disrupted for now what 'll be three months plus three and a half months before we finally get going again, and you know new rosters and new rules and all the the weirdness that a veteran team might be better suited, even though they may not be as talented as the team next door, but maybe a veteran team might have the makeup, and and maybe that gives a team like the Giants some advantages over younger teams that might be uh, in more disarray and and trying to find their footing, a Toronto Blue Jays type of team.
1: Could be. We just don't know. Uh, We don't know what the reaction is going to be to having a a shorter season, uh, to having two spring trainings, to having uh, pitchers with sore arms, to having extended bullpens and things like that it's hard to say and then it's uh, it's also an issue who's going to play you know part of this you know whether they settle this uh, disagreement or not is is saying if you're a high risk player you don't have to play and what's the definition of that Uh, You get your service time and your salary. But if you're not a high-risk player and you choose not to play, which some people may, if they're in the last year of a contract or maybe arbitration eligible or free agents, they don't want to take a chance in a bad 30 or 40 games. Uh, those people will sit out and get no service time. So let's see what the rosters look like and let's see who's healthy coming out of spring training 2.0 because we've got another three weeks to go through before we before we get to see who's going to play. So I think that's part of it.
0: Yeah, to what extent, Marty, can baseball use this season as sort of a, an experimental mm-hmm. season, right? You know, rules... Possible rule changes, the, the universal DH, uh, you know, different playoff formats. I mean, do, do you think that they will take advantage of this? You know, I guess I use the word opportunity to tinker in a season when it's obviously OK to temper tinker because you know, there's nothing that's going to be traditional about it anyway.
1: I hope so. I really do. And I I said this uh, back in March when we left. uh, I actually didn't leave Arizona for a while, but uh, when that last game was played on that Tuesday against the Cubs and two days later everything was pretty much canceled, I said, I don't care what they do. I don't care if they have a five-game season. I just want to make sure that baseball's back and they have a postseason if they're going to have it. And we, and whatever rules they want to make, let them do it because this is an experimental year. We've never had anything like this in our country with all these things happening at one time. Baseball's never gone through anything like this. So if you want to make shortened double headers, if you want to make a universal DH, if you want to put a runner on second base for extra innings, <laughs> go ahead. Do whatever you want. This is an experimental season. If somebody wants to hit 400 uh, in 37 games, more power to him. I don't care what happens. I just want to get through 2020 and, and get baseball back and get it behind us a little bit
0: beer league softball rules prevail Who cares? in 2020. Just Absolutely. get back
1: on there. <laughs> really? And you said it. I mean, you know, you get into August and September. There's the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL is happening. And baseball is trying to figure out who's going to be in the postseason. And baseball's got a long way to go here. They wasted a lot of time. Oh. But again, I'll get back to the health. Not sure even if they got on this thing right away that we as a country were ready health-wise to welcome back the game, even without fans in the stadiums, in the cities. It was a, a phase-in process and we're just getting there now. So I'm not sure that uh, that anything else could have been done.
0: No, that, that's fair enough. But I, I go back to the discussions in March and, and I heard a lot of speculation and it was clearly speculation. We didn't know anything about timing and, and, and the virus and when things would open up. But I heard a lot of speculation about hoping to get in an 82-game season this year for 2020 Major League Baseball. right? And, and here we are and you look at the, the, the back-and-forth And the proposals and the counter proposals. And from the first ones, the midpoint has remained (laughs) an 82 game season. You feel like that maybe that could have and should have been sort of the goal to plan around, have the discussions, and just adapt from there, whether it's 70 or 90 or that sort Mm -hmm. of thing, right?
1: Well, the issue is the pro rata. Yeah. Uh, You know, 82 games, that means half the salary, and uh, the players are not going to go backwards. They're not going to go backwards and say, OK, we'll take 50 percent or 60 percent or will be the insurance policy if uh, COVID comes back in the fall and we can't have a postseason that will take less money. They're not going to do that. They may take 80 percent or 90 percent. Maybe that one will be a way to go with it. But otherwise, uh, even if you said 82 games. It's the money sure. that the players are going to make. That is that's it. That yeah. That's there's no other issue, really. Uh, that, as I said, they'll settle that. And then the fun really starts trying to figure out the other issues.
0: <laughs> I tell you, I, I think it will be kind of fun to hear them f- try try to figure out the imagine that you know some of the stuff, you know, the roster size. And, really? and, and, and th- 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 that'll be fun. Right. I mean, that's that's the stuff you hope we get to right you hope we get yeah. to to the, the the fantasy baseball implications and the you know the number of guys and how many you know minor league players are they going to now carry on the major league roster and taxi squads and all like that that's the cool stuff right just figure the money out and let's start talking about the game
1: yeah, let's see where Joey Bart is. Let's see where Marco yeah. Luciano is. And maybe the first-round pick, Patrick Bailey, will be on the taxi squad. Who knows? Hey, which seg- they could have 50 more catchers. Back
0: <laughs> which which segues to the next line of questioning. <laughs> Obviously, you've been keeping your eye on the draft. Uh, the, the Giants do select Patrick Bailey. Yes, another catcher out mm-hmm. of North Carolina State. And not actually the top catcher on the board, if you believe the the pundits and the draft trackers at that point. Um, your thoughts on Bailey's selection and what it means for the franchise?
1: Well, it's a good question. Uh, the DH is coming, unfortunately, to the National League, so who knows where Joey Bart will end up at first base DHing? Who knows? But this kid uh, is a catcher from age five. Uh, this is not a kid who's going to play third base or first base of the outfield. Patrick Bailey is an absolute A1 receiver. Uh, he's got, he's a switch hitter. He's got power. He played at North Carolina State. He's had success at the college level. But there's a question about his bat. You know, how, how will the bat play? Uh, He can catch in the big leagues probably now, but will the bat be there? So they've got so many picks. Uh, six more picks coming up. Uh, they'll all be tomorrow in rounds two through five, and the two compensation picks. So maybe they could take a chance on on having just another top-flight catcher. And uh, as far as Joey Bart's future is concerned, makes me think a little bit of first base. That maybe maybe that's where he ends up, where maybe he catches and DHs as his career goes on. So it's it's a shock. Uh, that he was picked. Uh, The other catcher, uh, Tyler was is coming to the Bay Area, except he's going to the A's. Mm. And the A's actually picked him. He was there for the A's, and they got him. So uh, this kid looks like he's a player. Uh, Will Wilson, the guy they got from the Angels in the uh, trade there for uh, Cozart, Mm -hmm. is also North Carolina State, so they've obviously scouted this kid a lot. And we'll see what he does. But uh, another catcher? Very, very much a surprise on a team that really, really needs hitting. But I'll tell you this, Scott. Um, this is going to be a great draft for the Giants. I I truly think so. And that farm system is coming together. And if baseball can ever get out of its own way, <laughs> I really mean it. I think within a few years, the Giants are going to be an elite team. And this, th- I'm anxious to see what they do tomorrow um, because this one – Maybe was a little bit of a a throwaway pick, so to speak. Uh, They didn't get the, the outfielder. They didn't get a good pitcher. Uh, they got at a position that they have somebody. So let's see what they do tomorrow.
0: Yeah, well, d- depth of picks, obviously, is a good thing. And, yeah. and you know, look, this is, we, we knew this was a rebuild period. And I think Giant fans are, are giddy to hear you say that, you know, within the next couple of years, you could see them not only being good, but elite. I mean, that's 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 a big statement.
1: Yeah, they're coming. They, they really are. And you, you could just feel it. Uh, and they're going to have a lot of picks in this draft. It's going to take a couple of years. But this Luciano kid, everything you hear about him, this is, I'm not going to say he's Ronald Acuna. But uh, you know, or Lindor. But there are people in big league baseball who make it big mm. at a very young age, and there's nothing at all about Luciano to make me believe that he's not going to be one of those kind of kids.
0: Oh, that's cool. And of course, last year a bunch of those trade deadline deals, you know, stockpiled the uh, the minor league system as well. Eh, so yeah, so uh,
1: so so. Well, so. yeah. uh, those deals didn't move me at all. But uh, but if you look at their top ten, top fifteen picks. Uh, and the way the draft is, and uh, what their farm system looks like, and there is room to be excited. Ramos is another one, yeah,
0: sure, and Before I let you go, Marty, I, you know everyone has their own threshold for safety, A- everybody has their own comfort level in terms of what they feel okay doing and not doing in this uh, strange coronavirus time you know let 's say baseball starts, and let 's say they 're playing games at uh, at Oracle Park on you know July tenth. How do you feel personally about being at the stadium now?
1: Well, uh, number one, uh, I don't think I would be at the stadium. Uh, I think it'll be very limited as to who's going to be there. Um, I know as far as the broadcasters are going to be there and do the home games Mm -hmm. and uh, the road games will be done from the booth. So they'll have some continuity. They'll have the big board to look at it. Right. But uh, this is something this is this is this is what I'm talking about. The negotiations. You know, get that out of the way. The, the toughest part is what's a game going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go through 72 games of no fans and, and then a playoff in a World Series of no fans. What is baseball going to look like? It's going to be weird. Uh, I'm lucky enough where I can do the shows as everyone else on KMBR from home. And, and I would assume uh, when we do, there will be baseball. I'll do the pregame shows uh, from, from home and uh, and do it you know every Saturday and Sunday like that but this is going to be very weird to watch baseball even at the best level without fans and with a game that we're not going to recognize so th- this money thing is is just ridiculous get this out of the way the real problem is going to be when the game starts
0: well, there you have it uh, from a man who knows his way around the game of baseball. Marty Lurie, always good catching up with you. Uh, agree wholeheartedly. Let's get this thing locked down. We need some games, and hopefully we'll get him within the next month one way or another.
1: No, I think we will. I think there's no question. Uh, he, he is going to make a season because he needs the TV money right. of the postseason. There's no doubt about it. He will impose it if they can't agree. But I'll go on record. I've said it, 72 games starting July 15th. That's what I'm going by. All right, book it. I'm on board. <laughs> All
0: right. Thanks, Marty. Appreciate it. All right, take care. All right, stay safe. Marty Lurie, a Giants pre uh, pregame host here on KNBR.